just admit that the reason he was a vol was because of two big fat white women. Really a shocking revelation from Brian Williams. You're listening to Talk Sports. Duke Cruz got me drunk, got me two fat white women, and I woke up. I was a VFL. He woke up like a, a, a piece of turkey just right there between two pieces of white bread. Thick pieces of white bread. Texas toast. Just sandwiched right there in the middle. Airing every day from noon to three. I bet they made him breakfast the next morning, too. That's the good thing about those big girls. You wake up beside them, next day they'll take care of you. They don't They don't just leave or ask you to leave. Next morning, you're going to get fed. Going to brunch with them is not about the Instagram pictures. It is not about the mimosas. It's about the satisfaction of brunch. It's not about the Instagram captions. They want the biscuits and gravy, too. Matter of fact, they're like, hey, you know what? Let's just go to Cracker Barrel. Give me an Uncle Herschel's. It's funny you mention Uncle Herschel's because that's what I usually get. I know, Cody. On 1340 WKGN. Brian Williams. Thank God for Brian Williams just being honest with us. In a world full of faking, he just wanted the big women and bacon. Hour two, kick it off at the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Here's some hour two headlines, Poppy. Thanks, John. You're welcome. Tennessee Cody. quarterback Hendon Hooker on his team's allegedly simple one-read offense. It's not my fault that my first read was always open. Good answer, good answer, good answer. They asked Hooker about uh, Tennessee's alleged simple one-read offense. Uh, you know, offense is a little too simple. He said, not my fault my first read was always open. I mean, what did you want me to do? Not pass it to the open guy? Yeah. <laughs> As the SEC moves closer to a nine-game scheduling format, Nick Saban tells Sports Illustrated that Alabama's proposed three permanent opponents should be more balanced. He says they're going to give us Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU. I don't know how they come to that. Saban, not a fan of the three schools that Alabama may get. He doesn't want to have to play Tennessee. We basically kind of figured out how this is going to work, though, off of some of his comments. Yeah. Um yeah, we can talk about that a little bit later after yeah. headlines. We could do a full segment and discuss that. But yeah. the headline for now is Saban's a little whiny baby. How He's about scared. how about that respect though that He's Tennessee now has? Tennessee. I don't know why Auburn's getting that respect. Any interest in uh, Nevada Casino's net wins in January? Only if it makes me feel worse about my gambling. Well, it just shows how much uh, certain games win. Yeah, penny slots always penny slots are always dominate. Two hundred eighty-five million. Yeah, according compared, to the Nevada Gaming Control. Compared to like what? What is craps? What are they winning craps? Like thirty million. Thirty-nine million. Oh, wow. Blackjack probably like eighteen million, twenty million. One hundred and twenty million. Oh wow. Okay. Blackjack was second to penny slots. This must be, must be and, after they changed that the blackjack only gets paid six to five now instead of three to two. They used to pay you 150%. Now they only pay you 120%. That's a big difference after Inflation, a while. Inflation, you know. But I thought blackjack was supposed to be the one closest to like the house being even on. But I guess that's only if you play properly. And It's uh, penny slots, $285 million is the thing they made the most money on in January. The second was black, blackjack at $120 million. And then Baccarat at $89 million. 
basically 90 million. And then it went sports, 50 million, roulette, 46 million, craps, 39 million. Man, I love shooting dice. It's one of my favorite things to do in the world. Sixes and sevens and nines. Nope. Tens and fours. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good time with it. I like shooting for tens and fours. If you can do it the hard way, it's even better. Do you want a hard tennis? I never never threw a lot of dice. What would you guess a hard tennis? Six and a four. Close. A five and a five. Yeah, that makes sense. Even. What's a hard six? Symmetrical. Three and a three. There you go. The XFL quarterback Quentin Dormady uh, reportedly was cut from his team after he gave the opposing team plays from his playbook. Yeah, yeah, they've 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 scrubbed him from the history of the XFL. They they like deleted his player profile and everything on the site. I guess trying to wipe out the memory of Quentin Dormady. <laughs> Reports began to surface today uh, that the Orlando Guardians released the quarterback Dormady VFL just two weeks into the season, and uh, yeah, it came to light that he apparently had been giving an opposing team the playbook. He shared his playbook with an opposing team uh, that investigated the incident prior to his release. The report is not yet confirmed. However, Dormady has gone private on Instagram and disabled all comments. Do we think he's taking he's taking heat for this? I mean, it's embarrassing, man. It looks like he was like... Is it? I mean, it looks like he betrayed his whole team. Like, I don't know how... Yeah, who cares? I mean, it would end your career. No one would ever have you on a team again if you're betraying your team. The XFL. Well, I know, but he still wants to play football and get a check. That's true. That's true. You never see things like this happen in the NFL. This is why this is an amateur amateur league. The NFL would never have a story like this. Speaking of the NFL, Brittany, Brittany Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes' wife, uh-huh. apparently she was uh, beefing with Joe Rogan after he made a joke about her and Patrick divorcing her. Oh, wow. That's out of line. <laughs> I do think that's out of line. You shouldn't talk about. Shouldn't be telling somebody to leave their wife. Yeah, well, I don't think that's exactly what he said. He basically what he say, like divorce her and your life will be better. Or well, no, basically he said a lot more attractive women out there than Brittany. No, up. no, basically she was. They were showing one of the videos of her doing like her screaming and like just being crazy, you know. And Joe Rogan said they keep that same energy when they divorce you. Is basically what he said. He said what now? But they were showing a video. Basically saying that like if Britney screaming and yelling, she's and like, just going to be crazy. She's gonna. He said the when they way, when they when they divorce you, they keep that same energy. Okay. Is basically what he said. He wasn't saying Patrick should divorce. Yeah, her. that's that's different then. Yeah, but why she, is she mad about that then? She, I don't know. She, she's mad though. She just basically just said a grown men talking about a. I don't know. It's it's not really it doesn't really matter. I got a headline for you if you need one. What's that? The Big 12 has been in recent contact with Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, trying to convince them to join the Big 12 conference. The Big 12 has been in communication with Colorado, Utah, Utah, and the Arizonas. And the Arizonas. So Arizona and Arizona State. Well, Colorado used to be in the Big 12. Yeah, I think that would also mean that it would be uh, almost a foregone conclusion that Washington and Oregon would be on the move somewhere as well, maybe joining 
the Big Ten and oh, just so trying the, to do the Pac-12 just going to uh, dissolve? I mean, if they lost six members, they'd be in trouble. They can't just take them out in West and make well, it. Well, what's a Pac-12 the deal conference. with USC and UCLA? Is that going to go it, through? It's or? done. Yeah, it's gone through. California threatened to block at least uh, UCLA, but I think that has fallen through. Hmm. I don't care for that. Would you care for the Arizonas, Colorado, and Utah to be a Big Ten, uh, Big Twelve school? Colorado in the Big Twelve, Utah in the Big Twelve. I mean, that makes sense. How big does the Big Twelve want to be? What's their <laughs> number going to be? They're, they're going to be up to what twelve? Because uh, they, they're say. at ten, well, they're losing sense. Texas and Oklahoma. They're well, adding yeah. four, right? So they'll be at twelve. So they want to get to sixteen to feel like a super conference. They should yeah. be the Big Sixteen. Oh, I get was it. it. That's a, I thought it was a good one. I just think it would make sense. It is going to be confusing when both the Big 12 and the Big 10 have 16 teams. Tom Sizemore, that actor that was on Life Support, I think he's going to die, by the way. The guy that was in Heat. Wait, Goss can do that? Huh? Goss can be in Heat? Oh, come on. Vanessa Bryant has reached a nearly $30 million settlement with L.A. County in the uh, lawsuit over the Kobe Bryant crash photos. Uh-huh. Remember when that happened? The I guess the the cops was it the cops that gave them to TMZ when yeah. they got on the scene. Yeah. Well, Vanessa Bryant's going to get another thirty million after that happened. Speaking of guys who receive a lot of money, uh, Zelensky says Americans should send their sons and daughters to fight for Ukraine in the war. Wait, what? He wants who to send, he wants what to happen? Americans to send their sons and daughters to, to die fight. to die for Ukraine. That's in the what war. he said. Well, he didn't say it in those terms, but <laughs> basically that's what he said. But what do he say? Like he wants them to come he, fight for well, Ukraine. Well, he, he's essentially the, the this is one of those where readers added context they thought people might want to know tweets, you know. Yeah. He says the full response is over three minutes in response to a question about U.S. support. Zelensky speculates that losing the war could lead to Russia entering NATO member states, which would result in the U.S. Gotcha. needing to send in troops. Gotcha. But the, gotcha. in just the short video clip, it's basically him saying Americans will send their sons and daughters to, to war for Ukraine. Gotcha. Well, this is uh, troubling news here. If you like washing your clothes, I'm not going to be there. Uh, New York law is limiting levels of a possible. We've got an ad, ad pop up here. A possible cancer-causing substance found in popular brands of laundry detergents. Studies have shown that these products contain so-called forever chemicals. You use liquid detergent to wash your clothes? I do. Well, Gain, Tide, been, huh? some of these some of these have got uh, a chemical called 1,4-dioxane. So are you telling me I have cancer now? Is that what you're Not telling necessarily. me? Not necessarily. Washing clothes is canceled. Not necessarily, but this dioxane chemical is present in products sold in the state of New York. And for household cleaning and personal care products, they have, uh, they have reduced the amount of that you can have of that. So they, they Is this say, just a New York problem? The EPA says this stuff's pretty bad for you. Likely to be carcinogenic to humans. Could oh. cause cancer. The substance is not a main ingredient in, in any product, but rather a byproduct created during the manufacturing of the packaging. So just know if you use Gain or Tide or any of those liquid detergents that uh, you're taking a risk. 
Taking a risk. Well, it's just a risk I'm going to have to take. You Even could wash clothes. your clothes in... Um, soap and water? Just soap, yeah, I don't know. How did they wash clothes back in the day before detergent? With soap and water. Soap and water. I mean, just And like, that little board thing you rub it yeah. on? Just regular old washboard. Yeah. I think it's what it's called. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Just regular old soap. Regular soap. <laughs> I just know that because people said you have washboard abs. Not, yeah, not us, but, but other people. Good batch of headlines. You got any more? Uh, the city of Nashville has taken down a Nazi sign that was hanging on the Chestnut Street Bridge, which okay. thanked Governor Bill Lee for tireless, tirelessly working to fight trannies and, uh, quote, uh, we'll call it gays, but it's another four-letter word that starts with an F. And uh, right, it said, said we must secure a future right. for white children. Let's go to break. Let's talk sports on Fan Run Radio. All right, go pull up that story where Nick Saban, Nick Saban, Nick Saban is sobbing. That's what I was going for. Uh, are we in Sweden? Saban is sobbing over the prospect of the SEC's non-game scheduling Nick format. Saban is sobbing. Saban is sobbing, Saban. As he says, in that scenario, his team, Alabama, would draw... LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee as their yearly rivals. We got a tornado watch in the area, by the way. Let's see here. See if I can find the story. I got it pulled up. I was just telling you to go do it, but so you could follow along. Oh, okay. We got a tornado watch in the area. Do we need to go home? Yeah, until five. No, I just just letting you know. It's only a warning means the ones on the ground. Watch is just a possibility. Well, you need to watch for it right now. Make sure it doesn't hit the ground. Well, it'll be too late. Not necessarily. For us, it will be. You know, we have a responsibility uh, being on the radio. It is true. We were deemed essential employees during the pandemic. Yeah. Public safety is actually one of our... um, You know, it actually is a thing. There's there's something to do with that. uh, I'm saying we were... Public, we were deemed essential during the pandemic because we were supposed yeah. to help the public. Well, there's another thing that, like, yeah, essentially, first, I, don't, I don't know what you're going for, but there's we, another thing that, like, if things go south, like a doomsday type situation, I think essentially the government can take us over and like use our airwaves as like. Oh, a, yeah. sure they can. Yeah, that's yeah, why you'll like get a, those like service announcements sometimes. Like, yeah. go over the air. I mean, we're, TV we're, and fe- we're federally like regulated, I guess. The FCC and all that. We're under their control. They can hear us right now. A lot of people can. <laughs> Everyone. It's Everyone true. does have the ability to hear us. It is true. It's cool that if you wanted to hear us and you were just here in this area, all you got to do is turn on a radio and you, you could hear us. It's also cool that if Anyone. you weren't in this area, you could just pull up your app or yeah, but website that's, or... That's not as cool like, as... I think it's pretty cool that we're, we're on demand. Driving yeah. in a Back car. Back in the day, you had to be listening at the exact time of the show to... Get your people now. You can yeah, it's kind of outdated what we're doing here. Not, 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 not necessarily. <clears throat> so a couple of takeaways here. A, Nick Saban is a baby back bitch. Yep. Come Second on. of all, it does seem like the SEC is leaning towards a nine-game schedule. That seems to be the takeaway from the Sports Illustrated write-up. And also that the SEC 
is pretty uniformly looking at using a 10-year metric, a 10-year success metric to try to keep the schedules as balanced as possible. So what Nick Saban is complaining about is that his team is the top of Tier 1. And the top, uh, it goes bottom and top. Mm-hmm. If you're watching on Periscope, I did that backwards. So it'd be top and bottom. At the top of the top is Alabama, who has won 88.8% of their games the last 10 years in the SEC. Yes, they have. Georgia, 79%. Oklahoma, 78. LSU, 63. Florida, 53. Texas, 54. Auburn, 53. And Texas A&M, 53. That's the top half of the SEC. The bottom half, Missouri, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and South Carolina are tied Kentucky, Arkansas, and Vanderbilt. So what it means is your school would pay, play one team in the opposite and two teams in your tier. So for Alabama, they would play their rivals, LSU and Auburn, who are both top-tier teams where they finished, mm-hmm. and Tennessee, which is a rival in the bottom tier. Nick Saban is saying, but wait, that's not fair. What Tennessee did in 2014 should not determine how they're viewed now. They're a top 10 team now. Finally paying off our lowly decade of misery. This is it. <laughs> Finally paying off a bit. Well, well this, this does firmly open up the almost certainty that <coughs> your permanent rivals would be Alabama and then two of either Kentucky, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. I think you get Kentucky and Vandy. Yeah, I mean, or South, yeah, I mean, t- Kentucky and Vandy would be perfect. I mean, I know we just got our ass kicked by South Carolina. I would rather play Kentucky, but I mean, like, they're not. I'm not going to cry if it's South Carolina instead of yeah. Kentucky. Like, if you get Vanderbilt, yeah. So for Tennessee, you'd be playing the best Alabama. Well, the best in the last ten years. I don't think they're going to be the best moving forward. I think Georgia's passed them, and Vanderbilt 19.7, which I do feel like is going to be the worst. So, like, this would benefit Tennessee more than any of the other teams in the bottom because realistically, none of these other teams in the bottom are competing. Really for playoffs. Missouri, no. Mississippi State, no. Ole Miss, not really. South Carolina, no. Kentucky, no. Arkansas, no. Vanderbilt, no. So, like, really, only one school in the bottom, Tennessee, is actually a factor in the conference. Yeah, we're easily the best program of that tier. Oh, for sure. That's what Nick Saban's arguing. It's like, the last 10 years doesn't tell everything. Like, either expand it or, like, use some common sense. Tennessee, as he said, indirectly, was like, in the NIL era, is going to be good. They have money to spend. They're going to be good teams. They're good right now. They're top ten. He's making Saban that argument says, why Auburn's on the way down to an extent. Yeah, I mean, I don't know with Hugh Freeze. I mean, I think they'll be – I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they won 53% of their league games the yeah. next ten years. I mean, depending on what the pods and the setup is or whatever. But, I mean, Auburn, Auburn isn't a, a bottom feeder by any means. Like, I w- – for sure, but if you're going to reference like where we are now, you'd be like, well, Auburn's right here at this point sure, in time. Sure, sure. That, 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 that's completely fair, Cam. If he's like, well, out. you can't cry and say Tennessee's the top ten team now whenever Auburn just had to fire their coach because yeah. they went one and whatever in the conference or two and whatever, whatever they were. And LSU's nothing special right at this exact moment either. So, like, I, obviously you see where he's coming from. But <laughs> I mean, he he may have drawn the two toughest teams to play outside that – or not named Georgia, though, Tennessee and LSU. Yeah, I mean, Auburn always plays them well, so. No, I mean, like, Alabama does get a little screwed here, but at the same time, if I'm LSU, and this might hurt Tennessee fans, but if I'm LSU, I'm saying, okay, that's fine. For the last 10 years, you got to beat up on Tennessee while we played Florida. 
Yeah. If I'm Auburn, I'm like, yeah, well, we had to play Georgia. Why well, you got to play Tennessee? Because let's face it, we didn't hold up our end of the bargain in the last decade. No. Nick Saban wasn't crying about that then. He wasn't saying, well, you know, this isn't really fair. We should probably be playing a little bit tougher teams. It's going to be really cool if this works out for us and we can keep playing, paying players the most money and uh, we end up playing like Alabama is our biggest game every year. Yeah. And then yeah. we don't have Georgia on the schedule. You'll have I would imagine we're going to be in the playoffs. I would imagine they'll split up Georgia and Florida because you know, like if the, in the nine game schedule, it'd be three permanent opponents, and you rotate six, six on, six off. Mm-hmm. I would imagine they'll split up Georgia and Florida, so you're at least playing one of those teams every other year. But I mean, we'll take that trade right instead of having to play all three of yeah, them. Yeah, but imagine a year where you know we have to play Alabama, but then we get like Mississippi State, Ole Miss, <laughs> Vandy, Kentucky. I mean, it, it, we could have a really nice schedule some years. Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, it South depends. South Carolina. We don't know how they're going to split it up. I mean, I would say that, honestly, with the number of teams, I mean, as long as Tennessee's having to play Alabama every year, the schedule will still have at least, like, three or four tough games. With Oklahoma and Texas coming in, yeah. like, are you going to view Oklahoma and Texas as tough games pretty much every year? Because I'd say you will. Um, yeah, uh, even if they're in Knoxville, you'd say it's a tough game. They're right? going to sell out to try mm-hmm. to to keep up with SEC recruiting wise, money wise. Like, I mean, money wise, already there. At least yeah. Texas is. I mean, Oklahoma has more a better program. Which mm-hmm. maybe Oklahoma sucks now, like under Venables. Like that, that is possible. I don't think either one of them are very good right now. Sure, but but I'm asking if you're going to think that for the next. At well, least five you years. you would think those two schools, yeah, money wise and everything, would be able to compete. But uh, you know, right now, I don't think those teams are any better than Florida. Or Oklahoma's not. Texas might be a little better than Florida. Yeah, I think I think I mean, they're comparable to like Florida and South Carolina right now. Now they they have a lot more resources sure. than a sure. South Carolina, sure. obviously. I think they have better like talent too, as far as like recruiting wise. I'm gonna be very. I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, does. Do, do they, and do they have more than yeah. Florida? Like Oklahoma? Well, they definitely have more than Florida. No. I mean, Texas might, but that, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. I'm you know, about Oklahoma. Texas, yeah. Texas is going to have the most, but like we know that you know they haven't really done good at recruiting. I think they're guys. pretty comparable right now to Florida, Kentucky, South Carolina. Like I'll that's not you, to say we can't lose to them. I'll give you Florida. I'm not going to say Kentucky or South Carolina. Well, just because they have right, m- maybe A and M. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, A and M is a good. I mean, A and M was a top ten team, a top five team during COVID. I mean, I know they've been pretty bad the last two years, or at least underachieving, but. Yeah, I mean, I still feel I still view Texas A&M as a big game this year, though. Like, I mean, that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's a swing game for Tennessee. That's like the equivalent of LSU last year. There's no reason we can't be the second. Maybe the equivalent what? of Florida. Last How year are they going to tier uh, Texas and Oklahoma? They're just counting them as top tier because they won. Oklahoma won seventy eight percent of their conference games, and mm-hmm. Texas won fifty. Well, where is Texas at? Texas won fifty four percent of theirs. So, like, they're technically okay. tier ones. A and M bottom tier. A and M's the cutoff of the top tier. They won fifty three percent of theirs. Interesting. So, like I said, the bottom is Missouri, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Vanderbilt. Like I, said, I mean, I, I do feel like that's the bottom tier. I, I, I don't want us to be there, and I do think like the next ten years we're not going to be. Yeah. Like that's we're a better program than A and M. Yeah, absolutely. But outside of that, like I can't say confident that we'll be better than Auburn, Texas, Florida, LSU, Oklahoma, or Georgia, Alabama. I mean, I, I hope we are, but. So it does feel like this is going to finally work out in our favor after, you know, 
being really punished the last decade. Years really the last suffering. 15 years of having to play either Alabama and Florida or Alabama and Georgia, depending on which team was great that year. Through years of suffering, we finally can see the light. Unless Saban gets his way. Saban's trying to push for an eight-game, to keep an eight-game conference schedule and to only have one permanent rival, which would probably for them get to be Auburn. I don't think Saban's going to get his way. Well, the, according to the article that was written on Sports Illustrated, most of the league is pushing for nine games. I don't think Saban crying will be able to uh, change that. Well, this article said Saban was in favor of nine games now. Are you sure? What I was yeah, reading he, said he, he had a the quote, eight makes more sense. Uh, he, he said he's in favor of more conference games. Let's see. He says... Uh, I like playing more SEC games. I think it's good for the game and good for the fans. I think they have a better chance to get the parity right doing the eight games. I'm talking about the balance of who has who. Okay, so oh, that's well, what he I contradicted afraid. himself. Well, that's what I misunderstood. He's, he, he basically said I like more conference games as long as it's fair. Yeah. Basically, but it says like we can't make it fair of nine games. He says, yeah, he says he thinks okay, I think they have a better chance to get the parity right doing the eight games. So yeah, if it could be fair, he said he likes playing more okay. SEC games. Th- that's the way I interpret it. But I like, think he's just contradicting himself. Yeah, though. I mean, well, he's trying not to seem scared. Which, to his credit, I mean, Alabama has for the last ten years, and for the next ten years, apparently they've scheduled a, like really well. They don't. They're not afraid to play teams like out of conference. They do go and do that. They don't necessarily do it on the road. Yeah, I was going to say they don't do it on the road. The only time I remember them going on the road was against Penn State. That's the only time I remember them doing that. But It's been a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, been a long time It's been 10 years at least. Yeah, Joe Pa was still coaching whenever Mm -hmm. they did that, I'm pretty sure. So, like, he hasn't done it on the road, but he has done it neutral site. And apparently they got some road games scheduled now. Like, they're they're, they're stepping that up again. I do remember when they beat USC, like, 52 to 6. Yeah. (laughs) And Florida State, the year Florida State was supposed to be a national championship contender, but all those were neutral side games. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's saying, hey, yeah, we'll do nine, but just if we're going to get the parity right, you got to do eight. Sorry, because I'm not playing LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee. That's three top ten teams, even though, like Cam pointed out, Auburn's not a top ten team right now or anywhere close to it. Could they be there under Hugh Freeze in a couple years? Sure. Yeah. They could be. Sounds like Saban should just retire. Wonder if he's scared of Hugh Freeze. I'm sure he's not happy about it. Like, I mean, for, think about how good he's had it the last six years with Auburn being pretty, you know, much in turmoil. Even when they're good, they're still threatening to fire Gus. And, of course, you know what's happened here at Tennessee. And let's face it, like, Ed Orgeron wasn't exactly great at LSU most of the time either. Like, he had it pretty easy. And now, fast forward to present day, Auburn has Hugh Freeze, who is a thorn in his side and beat him while at Ole Miss. Brian Kelly is a top five coach nationally. Yeah. And already beat him in year one, and I think is only going to get better as the time goes on. And Josh Heupel just beat him and looks to be the best offensive mind in the country right now. And also has deep NIL pockets, and they can recruit now. Like, life's going to get much, much tougher for him. And then, of course, if he advances and gets to play in the SC Championship, going to have to beat his old coach, Kirby Smart. Not an easy time to be Alabama and Nick Saban. Not going to hear me cry for him, but... Yeah, I mean, it does seem like things have gotten a, much, a lot tougher for him, right? Yeah, yeah. As they should. As they should. We needed a little bit of parody college football. The segment is brought to you by Linderman Sports Medicine. Located in Memphis, Tennessee, but people come from all over to get back in the game of life. If you're not active right now because of any discomfort or pain that is keeping you from any activities, go to LindermanSportsMedicine.com. 
LindermanSportsMedicine.com. Have you seen the the CBS article that has went ahead and called uh, Nico a bust? Says it's not worth the money. There's been rumblings that he's not worth the eight million dollars. What's the deal? With that our spring training has gone so well. That still, no one has verified if he is the eight million dollar man. But I still, I guess, feel like it's a foregone conclusion. I guess at this point. He's at least going to get labeled that. Yeah. <laughs> Unless I mean, something else. He already has out. been. I mean, CBS yeah. Sports wrote a national article. They had 23 takeaways or th- 23 storylines, I guess, heading into uh, spring camp. Number 22, the Nico Iamaliava. Iamaliava. The Nico. The Nico dollar. The eight a million dollars. There you go, Cam. Uh, he said he's the early NIL poster boy. Reportedly signing a three-year bonus-laden $8 million NIL deal with the Tennessee Collective. One small detail. Nico must beat out veteran Joe Milton, who could throw it from here to next Thursday and is familiar <laughs> with Josh Heupel's explosive offense. The quarterback battle winner must somehow resemble Hendon Hooker. How Nico lives up to his contract will be mixed in with new offensive coordinator Joey Hazel. You won't believe this. Actually, you will. But there are already whispers that he isn't worth the $8 million. Tennessee is covered as closely as the White House. Has anybody locally been saying that he's not worth $8 million? <laughs> no. I mean, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't read They every, haven't started practice I'm, yet. <laughs> yeah, I don't, read, I don't read everybody here locally, but, like, I, I haven't seen anybody, like, really beating the drum of, like, uh-oh, bust alert. <laughs> I, did, I did see the video, like, where – Dobbs was in in town, and they had like a quarterback competition where they were trying to see who could hit the crossbars, and like they Nico missed and had to run. <laughs> it's pretty easy, oh, no. yeah. Like Joe hit it, and like the other backups hit it, but like he didn't. I think it's pretty easy to say a guy's not worth eight million dollars. It's like when when that's the biggest number you can point to, you basically say, <laughs> well, if this guy's worth this, you know, he better be the best college quarterback of all time. I mean, I don't know. Not when that one guy was going to get eleven million to go to Florida. Well, that's yeah, that's what they said. Saying that a quarterback isn't going to live up to the eight million dollar hype, though, is as easy as saying, "Well, this you know Tennessee basketball team is never going to make a Final Four. Chances are you're going to be right, but yeah. even if you are proven wrong, like it's going to be a long way down the road. So, like, yeah. if Nico quote unquote is worth the money, chances are it's not going to be until twenty twenty four because he's not going to play this year. And what is really worth the money? Would you say? Oh, it was only worth it if they win a national championship. He's only worth the money if he wins a husband. Like, what, what are the expectations for him? Because I don't know. If you tell me that the contract is heavily bonus laden, then that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. maybe that means he has to hit certain numbers. Maybe that yeah, means he has to, to win that, a certain yeah. amount of games. I, I don't know. But if he is here and he is good and helps recruit people and – Raises the profile of your program. Like I don't know what has to be accomplished to be worth eight million dollars. But I was just curious what Dennis Dodd was talking about because I haven't seen anybody going out and calling him a bust. I, I think if you only listen to national media, then you saw them like start talking about you know the prospect of Nico being a day one starter. They did that on signing day. Yeah. When they started talking about, hey, he was the most ready to start and like, you know, was going to be the quarterback that won a Heisman out of this class or had the best chances of winning a Heisman. Mm-hmm. And everyone's just kind of like, hold on, we sure he's going to be out Joe Milton? 
you know, the six-year senior is going to have a chance who's been in the offense for two years. He's going to have a good chance of, you know, being your day one starter. You're going to have to unseat him, and none of us really thought he was going to do that. I still think Joe's the guy moving forward for this year. I think Nico will sit a year. I'm excited to see him get in there and play some, though. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone thinks that. Like, I mean, whether or not he should be the guy, maybe is a different story. But Joe's going to have every opportunity to, you know, take this job and, and win it, and you know, win a bunch of games and have Tennessee competing to be in the playoff. I mean, I think that's the goal this year is to try to compete for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's my goal every year. You know, you're talking about the schedule, too, especially going forward with the 12-team expansion, the expanded playoff, and the uh, the schedule we're going to draw. I have a lot of hope for uh, football right now. Yeah, and I, mean, make, I think you, I think you I, have to. I think it's uh, definitely a good possibility we're going to make some playoffs in the future because essentially I think in the SEC that just means I think if you can go 10-2, and two, you're going to be in the conversation to get a playoff bid most years. For sure. And so I, I feel really good about where we're at there. and uh, But this year, you know, this year this year is an exciting year to me because it's coming off of a great year. It's right before the expansion. It's kind of a, a middle year, and, you know, Nico's a true freshman. You don't really know exactly what to expect this coming season. But I think everybody's going to have high hopes for a good year. Well, everyone's definitely going to have high hopes. It is a yeah. – to me, this is the year where either Josh proves he's an elite coach or we all start worrying that it was a one-year flash in the pan. This is... Right? I mean, is that, is that fair to say? Yeah. Also, though, the just the momentum with the program, like this will be your most positive offseason in, you know, 15 years, pretty much. Maybe after 2015, coming into 16 was pretty positive. You had really high hopes, but... I feel like last year's was pretty positive, too, but not, yeah. not on the same level. Yeah, I don't know if you thought you'd win 11 games, though. I mean, we you thought, thought that's ceiling, 10, maybe. Yeah, we thought 10 was firmly on the table, which I think 10's firmly on the table this year, but... Yeah, I, the, I just like where the... Would the vibes been better last year, though, because we, ha- we knew Hidden Hooker at least was a proven commodity. We felt good about him. I don't know. I, I, like, every, I like the state of mind right now. I like the, the program's state of mind. I think everybody feels okay about Joe after that Clemson game. Yeah. Or a lot better, anyway. I still have questions, though. I mean, I still have questions. Yeah, sure. It. I wonder if we have some packages for Nico, maybe, that we – I'd like to see us work him into the offense somehow. I don't know how you do that. Yeah, I was going to say – Unless you had, like, a big bruiser like Tebow was. Yeah, but what's your plan? Because, I mean, you can't really just let yeah, him I mean, run. I don't think he's, like, going to be that. Because he's not going to have the, the bulkiness to do that. Yeah, bring him in as a decoy and throw him the ball and then have him throw it. I don't know. I'm going to guess that's not in the cards. You never know. We did do it with Princeton Fant last year. so Never know what Josh's got <laughs> up his sleeve. Best offensive mind in the game, some say. Some are saying. I, I do think, I mean, you're going to see him play four games this year in mop-up duty at the very least. Vibes are high, though. Vibes are good. Vibes are about as good as they could be right now. I think everyone is content with Joe Milton being the starter. And I hope that, like, this this article already, I mean, you got to hope that the locker room, you got to hope that Nico can, quote, unquote, block out the noise, right? 
because if he's already have to because if he already starts getting labeled you know as like a bust if he doesn't start that that could be bad yeah. well they, I don't think he's gonna care they say he's pretty mentally tough they say that and, I mean uh, I hope it's true but I mean what he's adversity also has 18 he, 19 <laughs> well what adversity has he actually faced though yeah well I don't know but you know I, I think our culture is good for I sure th- I think that's what matters I, I think our culture was very unique like last year you know we, we talked about it and I do think it's accurate. Like I don't know how many programs we're going, you know, you're going to have where you have a really good backup quarterback that hangs around after losing out on the job, kind of like how Joe Milton did, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, culture's good. Although there was that one small hiccup at South Carolina, where, you know, the locker room may or may not have been completely divided, and there were fights. You know, that was just one week. They got it back after that. This guy eats coming up next. Does your business need sandwich? Sandwich. 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 I'm here in the freezing cold getting free chicken sandwiches because the food tastes great. It's chicken, it's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. Burritos. Burritos. Spaghetti. Spaghetti. Let me tell you something. If you don't like chicken or watermelon, something's wrong with you, mother. Something wrong with you. Where are all these people that don't like chicken and watermelon? Steak and eggs and eggs and steak. That's what you should have for breakfast. Delicious. Steak and eggs and eggs and steak. Whopper, 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 whopper. Cheeseburger. Banana pancakes. Brown sugar. Strawberries. Strawberry. Watermelon sugar. Peaches. My vegetables, my vegetables. Sweet cherry pie. Candy lollipop. Lollipop. Biscuits and gravy. Cornbread and chicken. Blueberry. Notice we didn't add any bumper music to it. <laughs> the intro is the intro. All right, where do we eat this weekend? Or we ate this week. We ate yesterday at 900 Merchant Drive, Austin oh Steak oh and Homestyle Buffet. I saw this picture last night. I'll say the uh, it lacked a little curbside appeal. A delectable experience. So you went to a buffet. Yes, I did. Austin's Steak and Homestyle Buffet. Now, hold on. Best buffet locally, I got to say. Before we get started, I got to throw the challenge flag here because I find it very, very hard to believe that you have never eaten here before. Whoa. Who would have told you that? No, I'm just guessing. Bear text you? No. I just know it's close to where you live, right? Not really. Did I not drop you off there one time? 
I want to say I dropped yeah, you off. Yeah, but I went to that Spanish place across the street. Okay. You did drop me off there one but time. But I saw the picture. I was like, I think I dropped him off here one time. You did drop me off there. That's a weird place to drop me off. You I were think, having to eat and pick I up think your car or something? I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to eat there, but I didn't. I went across the street. There's a okay. little Spanish place, which, by the way, I'm going to try that eventually coming up soon in the uh, – this guy eats. I, I want to so, review it too. But you have eaten there already first too. Yeah, but I, I. I feel like the spirit of this has to be your first time eating here. No, that was the original idea. Okay. Yeah, to keep the integrity of the segment. So have you ever eaten here before? No. Why do you go so high? No, <laughs> no, I never ate there. I don't know if I believe you. No, there's zero chance you've never eaten here. What makes it sound like I'm lying? Mr. Buffet guy hasn't eaten. Mr. Buffet guy, I dropped you off there too. There's no way you you walked over across. You at first first camp. Okay, so you've eaten here before. So we've already lost the integrity of the of the program. No, no, I've never eaten it before. All right, walk me through. So you just went there and got the buffet, I assume. Yeah. What do you get? Order off the menu. Nine hundred Merchant Drive. I never understood why people do that at Shoney's. They go in there and like order off the menu. Makes no sense. You I've got a whole, you got a whole spread. Not so much at Shoney's, but at, at places I can't remember exactly where. But it's like on the like when I go to the Sizzler on Sundays, they would have a buffet. We order off the menu there instead of doing yeah. it. Anyways, just for a second, go ahead. The steak. Look, you're not. We'll start with the steak. That's the main thing at a uh, buffet steakhouse. You're not getting a ribeye. It's not going to be a ribeye. It's not going to be the best cut ever, but it's a decent cut of sirloin. I go with the 57 or the A1 for this particular cut. You know, they say a good steak doesn't need sauce. Well, this ain't necessarily a good steak, but it ain't a bad steak. For buffet steak, I give it a solid 6.4, but I'm using steak sauce at the buffet steakhouse. I think that's permissible. So I use 57 personally. You can do A1 if you like. I, I think if you're eating buffet steak from a buffet steakhouse, just getting out alive is really the goal. I like steak with steak sauce. Okay. Like, but if if I'm eating a good medium rare steak like that I cooked, obviously no sauce. But if you're eating like a – I don't think there's anything wrong with eating medium well steak sometimes. But to me, I would eat that with a steak sauce because, you know, otherwise it might be a little dry. Again, buffet steak, sirloin, you get what you get. The ribs, you know, I'd stay away from. I'd stay away from the ribs. I've tried them a little. They're usually a little bit dry. Ribs, not my favorite there. Now, the way this buffet works, John, is on your right, you've got a salad bar and a uh, dessert bar, and then you've got kind of a, a grilled bar. And then the the stuff to your left is just going to be like four bars worth of sides, basically. Okay. But now the stuff to your right is your grilled stuff. So you're going to have your grilled chicken, your grilled steak, your ribs, stuff like that right over there. They got sausage, burger meat, anything you could think of, they have. How many times would you say you've eaten here before? Just one, of course. So the bourbon terry... Let's let's be honest for a second. How many times would you have said you've eaten here before? I don't want to spoil the integrity of the game. I feel like you already have two weeks into it. No, you're trying to... I've got someone that just texted me and said they call you by your name when you go in there the bourbon teriyaki chicken is my are you on a first name basis with the workers in there there's not a is it a worker texting you it's bear texting you right bear was jealous because i I didn't invite him yes or no are you on a first name basis with the workers in there no i gotta get through my review we got four minutes i'm disappointed in you that you're already mailing this in i love this place after my one experience here. The bourbon teriyaki chicken. Listen, the grilled chicken, that's my favorite meat in there. Okay, you get a little bit of rice with it. It's tender. It's a savory, sweet kind of a glaze. It's, it's quite astringent. It's it's a wonderful, 
wonderful chicken and a great sauce on it, a great glaze. So that's right beside the steak. Be sure and try that out. It's like a bourbon-type teriyaki chicken. Uh, sides sides galore. you got dumplings, biscuits, gravy, rolls, stuffing, all the vegetables you could want. they got chicken tenders. they got regular fried chicken, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes. I would avoid the mashed potatoes. Very bland. Mashed potatoes, bland, too chunky. For your potato, go with the hash brown casserole. It is delightful. Uh, nothing you could think of, honestly, that wouldn't be there, though. Similar spread as like a uh, Golden Corral, maybe even larger, multiple breads. They got that uh, taco meat and like the liquid cheese like you see at buffets, you know. Uh, I stay away from tacos when I go to a buffet like this. But the best sides, in my opinion, are the sweet potato pie, sweet potato casserole, whatever it is. They do a really good job with that. Uh, I love the shrimp as a side, the fried shrimp. Darlene, is that her name? Basic flaky fried shrimp. We'll do what now? Darlene, is that the woman who works there that caused There you? could hey, be a Ronnie. woman there named Darlene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also like the broccoli casserole thing, or the, the Cody, cheese. Cody, honey, what you eating today? Broccoli and cheese. It's, it's like a, a no, 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 it's like a green bean kind of casserole. It's, it's green those, beans or the broccoli? Anything there that's a casserole is good, especially the hash brown casserole. What, what, what's the buffet going to run us? Well... Good question. A lunch you, buffet. Without using your punch card and your like frequent your reward stuff. points. Yeah. A lunch buffet is cheaper than, than dinner. I went dinner. I've only been one time, which was dinner time, because I've only been here to this restaurant one time. I've uh-huh. never been more than one time. Sure. But I have heard that the lunch buffet is actually a pretty good deal, and they have an early bird special, which is if you can get there, I believe, before 3 o'clock. Uh, early birds before three o'clock. That seems early to me. An early bird special means it's going to be before dinner. Actually, maybe it's like five thirty. Maybe or it's six before o'clock. four o'clock, which means sometimes like a weird you might time cut between it close. like two and four. I think it's before four o'clock is an early bird, so you might cut it close if, like, say your job ends at three p.m. exactly, and then you got to make it up there to to get the early bird. But anyway, the listen. The last uh, thing before the desserts, uh, the stuffing. You got to get the stuffing. It's good. It the sage that they put in it helps it to be zesty while also quite mellow. Uh, I usually cover everything in brown gravy. It's delightful. Usually, what do you mean usually? Uh, the one time I went, usually on my plate. Usually, what do you? Because I had mean? multiple plates, so okay. usually on the plate I would cover it in brown gravy. Uh, finally, desserts. Pudding, cookies, cakes, cobbler. Get all that at one Carrot one cake is very nice and moist. I also like the pink cake. It's some kind of strawberry cake. Uh, brownies there if you must. The ice cream machine, avoid. Avoid. Oh. No need for soft serve at a place like this. It's going to push all that other stuff right out of you. <laughs> uh, avoid the soft serve. Get a little cake. Be happy with that. No little ice cream on top of the cake. It's soft serve. It's not really. It's not real Fair ice enough. cream. Fair I'm enough. not a big soft serve guy. I used to get soft serve at the Sizzler on Sunday. I've always thought it was kind of good. Just get you one little cone. Mm-hmm. All in all, final review: uh, seven point two plates out of ten. On this visit, what about the visits prior? Higher or lower? Seven point two plates out of ten, but seventy nine out of a hundred is how I would rank it. Okay. So seventy nine out of a hundred, seven point two plates out of ten. Where are you going next week, McDonald's? I'm going to restaurants I've never eaten at. Like McDonald's. I've never eaten here. Burger King. Although I would say I would like to eat here again. Maybe multiple times after today. Hour two in the books. We'll kick off hour three with headlines. <laughs> 